Hello, everybody. I welcome each and everyone around the world for our quarter free 2017 interims report. First, we always show our performance in safety. And there you see on the graph on the left side of the page that uh, we were not able to turn the trend, what we saw since the end of first, uh, beginning of second quarter, to go back on the good track record what we had before in the direction of our target of 1.3. We are now on 1.8 for the LTIFR. And of course, since quite a while, we have um, counteractions on it to get safety back into performance. But as it is with these, um, with the safety measurement and with the safety targets and works, it takes a while until you can turn a trend. If we then look into that, what we announced on the key highlights, that the acquisition is closed on closing date was 1st of November for the parts of the Sandvik mining systems, um, except for South Africa. I have to mention that. What is it? We talk here about that more than 200 competent employees and, of course, related references, customer relations and IP regarding input crushing and conveying as well as waste and trade tailings handling joined us uh, around the world where we took over the people in the different countries. This acquisition gives us an also, uh, a good opportunity, a better opportunity to offer an integrated system upstream and downstream on mine sites and gives us a possibility to offer our full potential of productivity improvement as well as the digitalization. And it's another step stone in um, the complete pit to plant. Important to say is this is what we call minerals material handling and not bite material handling, what we have out for sale. The financial impact is 300 million DKK, which comes into the backlog at the end of this year. And we have roughly 75% of that in the capital business and 25% in the customer service business. And related to that split is, of course, the profit which goes into the backlog. If we then look into the next, it's about innovation. It is the time to come with innovative products and to perform better on productivity for our clients. And we have here the so-called counter-current cyclone, which is a new design for the cement industry. This cyclone builds roughly 10 to 12 meters lower than standard ones and counts to the biggest or the highest part of a cement plant, which will reduce the whole design and impact in a site or in an area where you build uh, cement plants. But the main reason beside that um, lower capex-driven and yeah, not so uh, huge salmon plant design lies in the combination of two processes. One is the heat exchange and the other one is the separation in the salmon production. It gives clients the possibility on one side to increase production or on the other side with falling production demand to reduce the fuel consumption and on a complete plant with an impact around 1%. And that's a significant improvement for the cost, for the cash cost on the cement plant. Now into the figures. I said it before, 
The revenue was disappointing and we will go a little bit into where that picture came from because it's predominantly a timing issue. Left on the slide, you see now that 56% of our total business in the quarter was minerals business and 44% is cement. The minerals business again showed a quite significant improvement on profitability up to 11.4% and um, cement to 4.4%, which is not satisfying. Despite that, the return on capital employed in the cement business is significant above the 20%. In the mid part of the slide, you see the split on order intake between minerals and cement. And we are back, I have to say, on two thirds of our order intake out of the minerals business. The capital versus the service business in total for the group is in a similar ratio. We have two thirds of our business in service. On the next slide, you see left and left the minerals, right the cement business, and it's about revenue versus EBITDA margin. And when you look into the third quarter 2017 to the third quarter 2016 in the minerals business, you see definitely a drop. The drop comes out predominantly out of the fact that we had a lower order intake in the year last year as well as the year before in the minerals capex related business and that created not enough or not a high level of revenue in the third quarter 2017. The service business product business was actually on a relatively good level. If we then look into the cement business, here you see the drop between the quarter three this year and the quarter three 2016, quite severe. And that is related with um, actually the capital business based on the milestones, as well as in the service business with the lack of booking uh, large refurbishment orders in the quarter for cement refurbishment. So the timing issue here hit us in the cement part and the result out of a lower order intake years or quarters ago in the minerals business, uh, minerals division predominantly hit us from the mining side. From a profitability point of view, it's since quarter two 2016, based on the corrective actions and all the activities uh, with procurement and so on, uh, quite a good path into more profitability. When we turn um, in cement slightly more positive, but as I said before, not on a satisfying level. Then the total service business. You see on the left side, the order intake development and on the right side, the revenue development. We are in the order intake slightly lower in the quarter three 2017 versus the quarter three 2016, which was in uh, 2016, the best order intake quarter what we had. Year to date, it's 8% um, up. Um, this picture, what we see here, is that order intake, if we look into quarter one and quarter two, as well as quarter three, anytime goes then into the right side of the slide, into the revenue. And the revenue in the quarter three was slightly up, not really significant versus last year. Year to date, it's 7% up and you see that the, the revenue development is actually following the order intake development. 
And we see the, the revenue as well as the order intake total on a healthy level. Despite the fact that we had in cement, especially in the refurbishment business, a lack of uh, uh, order intake as well as uh, revenue. If we then look into the total order intake growth for the group, minerals is definitely the driver. You see that on the right side. It was a good quarter for minerals. And in all other divisions, we had a drop in the quarter. Some with more uh, headwind regarding currency, like in cement, but overall it was a drop. Year to date, we have, despite cement, um, still uh, a growth in it. From a group point of view, you see that what we call the underlying orders, that means the order intake, which is not large orders, was on the quarter three on a reasonable good level, but we simply lacked large orders in the third quarter. With that in the market outlook, and that is of course um, always very important and uh, gives quite a good um, view how, as we see, how we perform financially then in the different quarters. On minerals, there is definitely a better sentiment out in the market. We clearly see that there is more talk and seems to be more facts and figures to spend more capex next year into the industries uh, or into the commodities where we predominantly operate in. But as we said before, we don't see a significant improvement of that capex spend. It will a slight improvement and it will be in commodities like copper and gold, but partly in iron ore, coal, alumina, lithium and fertilizer. So the sentiment here is definitely out on the customer side more positive. And for us, we see more business activities in the pipeline. Then we look into cement. In cement, we reported before uh, that we are cautiously optimistic how cement performs out of the trough. But the third quarter saw, showed on several dimensions that we see that the speed of the recovery in cement is slowing down. It's not going into a new recession or to, uh, in the direction of the trough, but the speed definitely slowed down. The intense competition is still there. We have a good position in the premium market. We announced last week uh, an order over 100 million euro. But in general, we have to say that the recovery speed in cement slowed down. For both industries, OPEX-related spend is on a healthy level. And it's predominantly about optimization of installed base. Productivity improvement is the primary focus of our clients. And with that, I would like to give to Lars, our CFO. Thank you, Thomas. The third quarter results should be seen in the light of soft activity. So when we look at the, the top line, we had uh, a lower than average revenue in the third quarter. And that uh, goes through the entire PNL. What I'd like to highlight in the PNL is that gross margin is up. Uh, it's driven by product mix or business mix. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that financial costs were at a, a disappointing level. We have uh, uh, interest cost as expenses uh, as expected. We have uh, some currency headwinds. We operate in a lot of emerging markets, and here we had uh, a negative impact from that. 
And then we have some uh, shares in some um, some cement companies that we've had for many years. They have gone up in price over the last couple of years and are are falling a little bit in, in value this year, which hits our financial expenses. In discontinued activities, um, we have an ongoing dispute with a customer where we have made additional provision of 90 million in the third quarter, um, which is reported under the, uh, the discontinued operation and will help us uh, close the sales process in that part of our business. If you look at the total picture, it's worth mentioning that despite lower revenue, we increased our margins with 1%. The corrective action program that we did last year is working, and when we go through the numbers, you will see that our cost structure has improved uh, somewhat compared to last year. When we look into the revenue and we go into the details, you can see that the revenue is the lowest level we've had for quite a while, and... If you look at the midpoint of the guidance and you divide that by four, you'll see that we should have four and a half billion in revenue in each quarter. And in this quarter, we had uh, 4.1. Also, the order intake was at a low level. Uh, We were surprised about um, the the lower uh, activity within service, where we've had a good tailwind for quite a while. But apart from that, it is as expected. Uh, And uh, and the comparison number from last year was a very strong second half of the year. When you look into the four divisions, uh, pr- uh, customer service and product companies were more or less flat at an organic level. We have a little bit of currency headwind. Uh, minerals is lower, and that is a result of the lower bookings we've had in the last couple of years. And cement is also lower. We had a very strong uh, third quarter last year, uh, and and the comparison is more difficult. So uh, So here it is lower as expected. If we just look into uh, the remainder of the year, we do expect to see a higher revenue in the fourth quarter than in the third quarter. It will not be as high as last year where we had a stronger backlog when we went into, uh, or we had more revenue coming from backlog in the fourth quarter, but we will see an increase compared to the third quarter. Gross profit went up with 1.6%. If we go through the four divisions, customer service had a healthy improvement Product companies is uh, coming slightly down. It's worth mentioning in product companies, we have many different types of businesses. Uh, One of the businesses that is having good revenue or tailwind is uh, is one of the ones with more products in it. And that, of course, drags down the the margin in the product companies. So overall, when you look business for uh, within the businesses, then uh, it is performing uh, quite well in product companies. But there is a mix change which drives down the gross margin. Minerals continues to report good gross margin. We are at 18.3%, and it is a very strong performance when you look into how many orders there have been in the marketplace, uh, and everybody have been fighting hard to, uh, to win these. So very strong performance in terms of margin by our colleagues in, in the minerals division. Cement, we report 11.8% margin. Pricing pressure remains tough in cement, We are doing everything we can with value engineering, with procurement initiatives, with optimizing our sales force, but it's a fact that pricing pressure remains tough in uh, the cement division. One of the positives in the numbers is our cost level. The cost level went down uh, quite a lot in uh, in the third quarter and is at the lowest level we've had for quite a while. 
it's down six percent to the compared to the same period last year. So um, so here you can really see that the corrective actions program we had last year is working. The cost went down primarily in the administrative areas. So we uh, did not uh, go aggressively after the sales force as we believe that we have to to be out there with customers and win more orders. So strong performance by the organization in terms of cost management. When you look at the EBITDA development, we increased our margin by 1%, which is a very strong performance when you take the revenue pressure into consideration. In the bridge, you can see we go slightly down in EBITDA, but when you look into the components, you see we had less one-offs, we have better gross margin, we have lower costs, and then you can see the revenue is uh, impacting us uh, with 168 million negatively in the third quarter. But overall, when you look at this lower uh, activity level, we are quite uh, happy with reporting this margin. Turning to working capital, we did see an improvement in the third quarter, in particular in, uh, in trade receivables. And it's worth mentioning that we are having some success with uh, reducing the, the longer term overdues. So a better composition of the receivables balances. Um, not a lot to report in the other components. Turning to the cash flow statement, um, we had a strong cash flow, 414 million of uh, cash flow from operations in the fourth quarter. Uh, working capital gave us a little uh, support, uh, but the majority comes from uh, the EBITDA. Uh, apart from that, there's not uh, uh, any big items that uh, that are not as expected. Of course, you have in uh, in the discontinued operations, uh, you can see that the impact from the provision we took is uh, is hitting that number, and and of course have the reversal in the uh, provision line. Capital structure is uh, moving ahead very nicely. Our equity ratio is uh, at 37 percent. Our debt continues to come down. We are now at 2.2 billion. The net debt to EBITDA is at 1.2, so good improvement in the balance sheet. Return on capital employed is at 10%. Uh, and again, it's worth mentioning that uh, in cement, we have a very strong return on capital employed where it's somewhat lower in, uh, in the minerals business. Uh, but when you see the margins, they are, it is very a stronger in the minerals and weaker in the cement division. And back to you, Thomas. Thank you very much. So, um, each quarter, we talk, of course, about the management agenda, customer costs and cash, and report on that how we see the overall KPIs developing. We have an improvement of the return on capital employed. We have a flat order intake, which was lower than we hoped for. We have an improved EBITDA percentage and Downwards trend in percentage on networking capital, which is positive. We have a, still a negative trend or a negative level on the safety performance. But the quality measurement, how we perform towards our customers, again improved. Important to say is that the growth through productivity, despite the lower revenue, despite that what we saw in the quarter with a slowdown in the cement, is further on the agenda. Productivity improvement offering is the offering to sell and to give into the market. And it's for us very important to have there a leading position. Our procurement optimization 
is performing. We see that in the uh, gross margin as well as in the overall profitability. Investments in people, new sales offices, setups and competences goes on. And digitalization, which is a costly but absolutely necessary investment is ongoing and gets more and more speed. Out of that, we look into the guidance and we have the same message as in the quarters before. We stick to our guidance and we stick to the midpoint of the guidance. In revenue, we are on 13.1 up to the end of quarter three and in EBITDA margin on 8% when the guidance is 17 to 19 or around 18 billion DKK and around 8% on the EBITDA part. In the return on capital employed, we keep the guidance too of 8 to 10%. Important to mention here is that we again uh, reduce the cost for the corrective actions now down to 100 million for the full year. And that is not because we stopped programs or so. It's simply the more cost efficient and I have to say uh, professional execution of our organization in the corrective actions, which is actually positive. We expect to have uh, one of costs in the quarter four of around 65 million based on that program. So key highlights again, not enough revenue in the quarter, that's clear. Um, not the same pace of the cement recovery as we saw it before, still recovery, but not on the same pace. Sentiment in mining improved, mining order intake actually the strongest for, for quite a while, for quite some years. EBITDA percentage improved. We have a positive cash flow and, uh, of course, guidance unchanged. And with that, I would like to open for the Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question for the speakers, please press 01 on your telephone keypad and you'll enter a queue. After you are announced, please ask your question. And please hold until we have the first question. And the first question comes from the line of Peter Murdoch from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead, Peter. Your line is open. Yeah, hi, Thomas. I'll ask, uh, three questions, if I may. I'll just go one by one. Um, in cement, um, Thomas, I think the outlook and the commentary is clearly more um, clearly uh, more negative than it was at the Capital Markets Day, and it feels a bit different to what you know. If you listen to what Heidelberg is saying, or you know what some of the big cement players are actually saying, your commentary seems a bit at odds. Could you just comment around that and what, what's changed basically in the last three months? The second question was just on services. Uh, services, the orders have been better the last 12 months, uh, but the revenues were still were, were, were weaker than I expected, at least in 3Q. Um, what, is, what is that there? Is there some bookings here, delay or something that's going on there? And the third and final question is just in product companies, um, you talked about mix impacting the quarter. Um, is, this a, is, this, is this one off or is this, you know, is this what we should expect going forward? I, if you look at your orders now and your backlog in product companies, is the mix still going to be a headwind as we look into the you know the next two or three two or three quarters? Thank you. Yeah. Um, at first, with the with the cement, we have definitely a mixed picture. Um, when we look through uh, the different bigger ones versus um, if you take Semex for example, versus Heidel Cement or versus Lafarchol Seam, more important for us is the customer group, what we call the local high spec. 
they are the ones being the regional kings. That means they have uh, the, they own the market or they have the maturity of the cement market in countries or in areas. What we see in cement is um, on one side that the amount of orders finalized in the market is on a lower pace than we saw it uh, at the beginning up to the mid of the year. That is fact. We only booked one order um, actually a week ago, a big one, but still only one order. And we saw that the refurbishment business, which is the same volatile, uh, didn't hit the third quarter too. When we talk with our customers, there is a little bit the sentiment of a little bit more sit and wait. Still positive, but not as positive as we saw it before. That's the reason that we said, because it hits on one side the service business, on the other side the, uh, the bigger project business. That's the reason that we said we believe that there is a slightly slowdown of the speed of the recovery. Still a recovery, but slower. Um, then we look into the service uh, business. When, when we look into order intake and into, um, into the revenue, at first, order intake and service for us is predominantly parts, which comes in packages. You can have a quarter where you get some more packages in or some less. We had a quarter with some less, which normally is, which is absolutely normal. No, no issue with that. What we missed this time versus a fantastic good quarter in 16 was the large refurbishment orders in cement. And that's a timing issue. That's a timing issue and a little bit, uh, the issue that they slow down and a little bit more hesitant to finalize, to undersign the order. And that hits us then immediately percentage-wise in um, what you see, what moves in the service. Overall, the service level in order intake as well as in, uh, in the revenue is on a healthy level. And we are not concerned about that. Last thing was with the uh, product company division. Yeah, and in the product companies uh, division, we have a couple of different effects that impacts the, the gross margin. When you, we grow in, in uh, the product company division, it is primarily when we sell more equipment or when our, uh, when our product businesses are growing. Uh, both the capital sale as well as the project businesses come with a lower gross margin than the spares business we have. So actually, there's a little bit of a, an opposite effect between revenue and gross margin. When revenue is low, we have high gross margin in percentage term, and when we grow, we get, uh, we get lower gross margin. Um, so as we are um, a little bit optimistic on our product company division and we see uh, a little bit of growth in there, uh, we should not expect gross margin to come up in that period because the growth comes from more projects and more uh, uh, equipment. Uh, but of course, that generates aftermarkets for for years to come. So, um, so gross margin will come under pressure, uh, not come under pressure, but it will be lower as we as we start to grow. But we do not see it coming down from from the levels where we are now. Okay, thank you, perfect, thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Jonathan Hanks from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead, Jonathan. Your line is open. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Lars. Uh, just wanted to clarify, you refer to the timing issue in cement service, uh, uh, you know, on the larger refurb orders. Does that mean you, you, you know, you see those kind of normalizing in 1Q, 2Q? No, the, actually the larger refurbishment orders uh, are treated with our cement clients similar like bigger capital investments. 
Uh, that means they get profiled, then they go to a board, and then they get a board decision, and then uh, the financing comes up. So timing is a little bit uh, more difficult to predict, so it's more volatile. Um, what we try to do with the refurbishment orders is that we try to put them as much as possible into uh, vacation times so that the, the slowdown of the salmon production is the absolute minimum. So we can't say that there is really a seasonality in uh, when the orders are coming or not coming. It's really more like bigger projects, um, a timing issue, what the customer has as a board decision versus um, and the financial money available or not available. Great, very clear. And, and, and then just the minerals, just I suppose thinking a little bit longer term, um, obviously you'd, you'd like to have that business at break-even. I mean, is, is it possible to have a business break-even at current revenue level, or is it simply a case of um, seeing orders pick up and that, that translates slowly into revenues for the margins to improve? I suppose maybe I'm asking another way is just, you know, can you cut costs any more there, or given what you're seeing in end market, are you, are you happy to wait? It's not about cutting costs. Uh, it's about we have a fantastic good leverage of our cost structure, especially if it comes to the minerals business. Um, and that is, that is what you can't see in this quarter with that low revenue point what we have. Um, we have a very good setup regarding our uh, internal deployment of work and labor into a common pool of engineers from cement as well as from mining. So more orders in the minerals division business doesn't uh, or will lead out automatically into a higher profitability of that division. We have a good example for that. That's actually quarter four 2016, where we got quite a lot of revenue into the minerals part and where you could see that the profitability immediately jumped significantly upwards. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, both. Thank you. And the next question comes from the line of Andrew Wilson from JP Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I've just got a, a few questions. I just wanted to, I guess, follow up on the, the cement question and kind of uh, you outlined what's changed in terms of what you're seeing from customer ordering patterns. Can you just talk a little bit about what you actually think's happened to those customers or has happened in those customers' markets to, to change things? I'm just not really sure I understand why things have slowed down when you know, it feels like the world's been in a reasonably good place from a kind of macro perspective. Yes, and uh, that is exactly where I would step on it. You are completely right, Andrew. The normally cement grows with a factor of 1.1 to 1.2 versus GDP. And that is what we, what we could follow up into the third quarter, but not throughout the third quarter. There we saw actually that the graph of cement growth dropped under that what normally you have. And that is that is the and then we look into the different areas regarding the large refurbishment um, and the amount of available uh, projects in cement and there we see definitely a lower level development that means not the same speed of recovery what we saw before and we were already before only cautiously optimistic and we think when we see all these pictures together that we have to send uh, the message here. Um, the recovery in cement is slowing down. It's not turning, to make that clear, but it's not on the same speed as before. So where does it come from? Uncertainty in any direction, no matter what it is, climate-wise, politically, 
um, from a financial point of view, no matter what it is, we know that has immediately an impact on the decisions of the cement industry. That's very helpful. Um, maybe I can just, uh, again, try to, I guess, clarify some of the earlier comments. It seems like, uh, and you started by saying that the Q3 weakness in revenues was, was predominantly a timing issue, and I think if you kind of list the reasons for that, you've clearly got um, the minerals orders being weak at the end of last year, the, the some milestones in cement, and then, you know, I think in customer services it mentions around the delivery for some of these larger projects are kind of longer dated than, I guess, was reflected in consensus estimates. You know, does that, all of that, to me, seems to point to an improvement in kind of Q4, but also in Q1 and Q2, because if you look at the order run rate and the revenues in the Q3, it feels like there must be kind of, I, I guess, additional orders to, to flow through over the next six months. I mean, is that the right way of thinking about it, or is it more difficult than that? Yeah, on what we can say is um, I think we are very outspoken how we keep the uh, how we see the guidance. So we will have a stronger fourth quarter than, of course, than the third quarter was. Um, uh, on the other side, how these volatile uh, businesses coming or not coming is very, very difficult to predict. Because the, no matter that you have de facto the order in your hands or the promise for the order in your hands, you need to have the final decision and then the customer has to have the financing in place too. And these are two variables in the timing which makes it a little bit more difficult to predict. If we look into the total um, cement business for next year, we, we don't see a, a huge growth in, in cement next year, but of course some growth coming. That's clear. That's helpful. And then maybe just final question. And I, I just wanted to kind of check in on the mining, I guess the mining service side specifically. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the, the comp was very difficult, and it feels from the commentary that not a lot has actually changed in terms of customers being more willing to, I guess, to invest in their sites and, and to spend on what we, I guess, call the service side. I just wanted to kind of check that is but I'm reading that right in that it's not a change in activity. It's, it's a tough comp, but generally speaking, you are seeing customers continuing to spend. The, um, definitely the customers are willing to spend. The, the issue what we have in the quarter, and we were very outspoken, is really cement here. That we have to bring it that. Mining is in a, is in a, a healthy level if it comes to service. We said it before, we can't show the same growth rates what we had uh, third quarter, fourth quarter, and first quarter. Uh, in 16 and beginning of 17, because that was quite high. We are still 8-7% better than the year before, and we see a healthy level in, in minerals, definitely. And then, of course, thanks for the detail. To, uh, regarding your first question on, uh, on what we should see in the coming quarters, the backlog is uh, somewhat lower than it was at the same period last year, uh, and with a slightly uh, lower conversion rate into revenue. So you will see a weaker fourth quarter than you had in the same period last year. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And the next question quarter. comes from the line of Magnus Kuber from UBS. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Thomas Lars Magnus here. Thanks for taking my questions. I'll take them one at a time. I wanted to ask you if you see any tight segments at all in, in your supply chain and more on the component side. I, can, sorry, can you repeat the question? You were gone for yeah. a second. 
I apologize. I wanted to ask you if you see any tight segments in, in your supply chain at any, at any stage, uh, more on the component side than on the raw materials. Not at all. Our procurement and supply chain improvement program works quite well. And we actually could increase um, revenue uh, quite dramatically without having any, any shortage in any area. Brilliant. Thank you. And also the second question, and you touched upon this a little bit. Uh, it, it seems to me you're still targeting 500 in, in savings for the year, but you, you, you cut the cost for it. Is it that these costs are actually going away or are they slipping? And if so, how can you still stay at the 500 million? Yes, the mechanics behind that. I know you touched upon it, but a little bit more granularity would be great. I think we, uh, when we, uh, we've had said over the last couple of quarters that uh, we had hit our targets on in terms of the cost savings and any further savings we had would be invested into growth activities. So uh, so when you see one-offs coming in the fourth quarter, uh, that will not be improvements in uh, in what you say the cost level for next year. It will be uh, invested into salespeople and uh, and digitalization. digitalization as an example. So uh, so we're not targeting to increase to take more to the bottom line in terms of cost savings, but more invest in growth. Okay, got it. But, but how, how, how is that a, sort of a, a one-off in, in, the, in the sense that you invest in, 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 the, in the sales? Yeah, I mean, if you look, uh, just let's just take an example. If you look into the uh, to the SDNA development, you'll see that we have hardly touched our sales line uh, where admin costs have come down somewhat. Um, and when we take more cost out, uh, a lot of it will be re reinvested into areas where we believe we need to invest more to grow in the future, like R&D, digitalization, more sales people opening offices and so on. So further cost savings will be reinvested. Okay, great. thank you so much. Thank you. And the next question comes from the line of Pasal Ahmed from SCB. Please go ahead, your line is open. Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Thomas and Lars. It's Pascal from SCB here. Um, a couple of questions from my side. Um, firstly, on the cement business, um, I mean, when we talked about the cement, the cement business previously, you've always said that cement is a very, very regional kind of business with a lot of local champions and so forth. Um, but, but are you basically saying that you're seeing a broad-based slowdown in the recovery, or is, is, is the slowdown which you talk about driven by specific regions? And if it is driven by specific regions, which regions uh, are, are those? The, uh, what we live from in cement, and I guess not only we, is that um, the countries are coming into a position to, um, or changing amount of countries are coming into the position to start to invest. That means some are dropping off. That means they have enough capacity, and then they stop with capex spend, and then others are following up. And that follow-up is slower than it was before. In, to give an example, we are uh, still having quite a good level on the Philippines, Vietnam, Bangladesh, and so on, as we reported before, but there are no real new countries joining that club. But we see, of course, that um, the overall demand in CapEx, as well as um, larger rebuild, what we treat as service, because it's a service activity, but what customers treat as a big investment, and with that, like a CapEx investment, the, the, the decisiveness of our customers gets a little bit slower. And we saw that, um, uh, we didn't see that in the last few quarters, up to, uh, we can say, maybe the mid of the quarter three, where that message came came through. 
Um, why are we then changing the outlook? Because we, we, we have to inform the market about it, that this cautiously optimistic, that we see that the speed of the recovery slows down is number one. And number two is we see a widening gap between that what normally cement performs versus the actual performance. The normal performance is a growth of 1.1, 1.2 times the GDP. And we are now below that and significant below that. Anytime that gap gets closed again, which will then add more business in a shorter time. So we have there a little bit of bumpy road in cement. Maybe that describes it the best. Okay, so Thomas, just to rephrase what your answer is, then you're basically saying that you haven't taken things out of the pipeline, but 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 the inflow to the pipeline has really slowed down. Is that what you're yes. indicating? The we measure we measure the the likelihood that it happens, and the likelihood when it happens, and the likelihood that it happens didn't slow down, but the likelihood when it happens slowed down. So it gets on a longer timeline, and that makes the recovery slower. Instead of getting, let us take an example, uh, two or three uh, larger projects in a foreseeable time, it is only one or two. And that not because they are cancelled, based on that we see they drag from a timing point of view out. So your order of award pipeline for the next 12 months, is it lower or at the same level as, as the same time last year? It is uh, on the same level, but we see that the larger orders, what we have in the pipeline, moving more away from us from a timing point of view, staying in the years where we saw them, but not, um, let us say, at the beginning of the year. Okay. And then just one uh, one final question from my side, um, and, and maybe you won't answer this already, but um, I, I wasn't maybe listening carefully. The one-off costs which have been uh, lowered or the guidance for, for, for that, what, what was that exactly driven by? The lowering of the one-off costs of the corrective actions program lies actually in the fact that our organization is better in executing than we calculated it. It's faster and it's more cost efficient. We didn't cut any activity, absolutely not, but it was the execution of it was less costly than we anticipated. Okay, that's perfect and clear. Thank you, Thomas and Nos. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Christian Johansen from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Uh, yes, thank you. So just touching upon this provision for, for the discontinued operations, you sort of indicate it, it will uh, ease the process of, of divesting this business. Can you elaborate a bit on, on what you're doing? Because obviously it has cash impact. And, and has this been sort of key to, to get rid of for, for the I mean, partners you've been negotiating with? What we are trying to do is, of course, that uh, as, as you can see, this has been a very lengthy process to sell uh, to sell this business, and we're doing everything we can to uh, to de-risk the business. Uh, we have one dispute with with a customer where we have uh, assessed the risk higher, and therefore we have provided for that. Uh, no cash cost so far. Uh, it, uh, of course, we we only provide for it as we expect it to be cash cost at some point in time, but uh, but we haven't taken any any cash uh, out on that provision. 
okay, then I probably just missed the last part. Um, then my my uh, my other question was just regarding these uh, one-offs. So so this is the second time you sort of lower the effect. Um, obviously, you, you stated it should be 65 million for, for Q4. Is there a possibility that it will be much less? I mean, what you have done previously is, is there more to be done like that, or how firm are these 65? I think we are we are we are quite confident that these 65 will happen in the the third quarter. There are activities that we we will uh, implement. So so if it's 65 or, or whatever the exact number is, but there are activities that will happen in the fourth quarter. All right, so it, it won't be three like two three. No. Uh, if I can give a little bit of flavor here around, uh, when you have an activity to leave aside and you have actually quite a long-term leasing contract. And you know in the contract it's stated that you have to pay quite a lot of money to exit that leasing contract. That is what you put in such a program as a, as a one-off cost. And then when you, despite you have such a contract, are able to negotiate with the owner that you don't pay anything to, to leave the contract earlier, that is, of course, then lowering significantly the, uh, the one-off costs. And uh, these kind of things are happening. Okay, that's uh, that's very clear. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Now, remind you, if you do want to ask any questions, you will have to press zero one on your telephone keypad. The next question comes from the line of Klaus Kill from New Credit Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yep. Hello. Uh, a couple of questions from my side. Um, first of all, you had a quite decent, uh, quite strong cash flow here in Q3. Um, do you have any comments about the cash flow uh, either we could expect for Q4 or for the full year or uh, any targets for uh, for net debt uh, end of the year? That would be my first question. Yeah, and um, I think what, what of course is uh, difficult to predict in our business is uh, where, uh, where we hit the milestones in our project businesses. Um, and of course, whether we get the money just before or after, after New Year's, but we are quite confident that we'll have a strong cash flow for the remainder of the year. So also a strong positive cash flow in Q4? That's what we're working very hard to and believe we will deliver. Okay. Second question. Um, have you received any large orders in minerals in Q3? And do you have any comments uh, about what would be reasonable to expect in Q4? Um, at first, we didn't receive a large order in Q3. That's, uh, and we define large orders act still on the older definition, what we had above 200 million DKK. Um, we have, we got quite a amount of smaller orders, um, as you see, with the, with the good order intake, um, which is typical for that situation where we are. Because, you know, Klaus, we are still at the area of the trough in minerals and now moving out. And it never starts really with a big amount of large orders. It's always a bigger amount of smaller ones. We see that actually in our pumps business too. The large orders predominantly, which are, uh, which will or were reported in the market, really big ones. I'm not talking here about 10 or 20 million euro. That's not large. I talk here 100 million euro, for example. These are normally orders where the supplier got it already six, seven years ago during the boom, but they were stalled because the recession came up, and now they are reactivated. But that doesn't mean that now large orders are starting again. 
it starts normally with smaller orders. We got a good fair share out of it, and that shows uh, the performance what we have. Then to the year end and into next year, we see a slightly higher capex spend in the minerals business announced. But as we said before, for actually quite a lot of quarters, it will improve at the end of 17, what it does, and it will have a slow growth in 18 on a lower single-digit number. And that is what we still what we still see. And as much as we can can uh, look into can look into uh, the year 2018. One final word: when we look into the order intake, especially in cement as well as in minerals, the quarter in itself is difficult for us really to predict because it it's so unpredictable when an order is really effective in a quarter or not. But we said at the end of quarter two that the order intake in minerals in the second half will be higher than in the first half. And we will stick to that, definitely. And you have fluctuations in between the quarters. Okay, fair enough. Then my, my final question. Um, you mentioned that if revenues start to pick up in minerals, which I guess will happen in 18, and, and you can see that from your order intake, then you said that ought to have a very high impact on your margins and earnings. So is it fair to assume that if, if minerals picks up in, in 18, that would be far more valuable for you rather than if cement picked up in, in 18? In general, minerals is more profitable as an industry based on the fact that minerals is a more complex uh, process than in cement. And you see that with the customer profitability, quite quite easy. And yes, it is true, if CapEx in minerals grows, the profit effect based on the good leverage on the CapEx deals in minerals uh, are bigger than, than in cement. Right. We have an organization that's sized for a substantially bigger business. So, uh, so if you add business in the minerals industry, we uh, we can add quite a lot without recruiting a lot of overhead costs. So, uh, so the majority of the gross profit will go straight to the bottom line. Yeah. So, in other words, leverage is much higher in minerals than in cement. The majority of the gross profit also drops to the bottom line in cement, but the gross profit is lower. Um, so, uh, so cement is more. Interesting when it, if you, yeah, just looking at the margin levels. Yes, the margin level in cement is significantly lower than in, in minerals. So the leverage effect with that is automatically lower than in minerals. That's the only thing. The leverage between the two organizations is more or less the same. Right, got it. Thank you very much. Thank you. And as there are no further questions at this time, I hand back to you, speakers. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I wish each and everyone a safe trip and a good life. See you and talk to you soon.